Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour as the Philadelphia Eagles defeated the Cleveland Browns 21 to 22 days ago. And as always, I'm your host, LJ Harrell, and joining me is my buddy, Connor Donald. Connor, you, you were lucky. You got the condensed version of the game. You didn't have to watch the commercials. Could fast forward through some pretty bad QB play from Reed Sinet, minus one pass. Uh, lucky guy, lucky guy. How you doing? Yeah, well, even luckier I spent the day at the beach enjoying some super nice weather that day. That's why I missed out on the game. Um, but then when I watched the condensed game, I was like, man, that 21 to 20, a lot of the scoring happens like on back-to-back drives. And then you get chunks of time where it was back and forth, really not good play so, on either side of the ball. So I watched the game. At a, at a a rest, I went to PJ Willihan's, um, and you had the Phillies game on and the Eagles game. The Phillies game was in like the fourth, so the Phillies game was in like the fourth inning. By the time the Eagles game ended, and they started a half an hour apart, the, the Phillies game took so long it was ridiculous. But before we dive into the Eagles Browns matchup, uh, please, as always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor Ten. And follow me on Twitter at LJ Hero 54 and as always, uh, like us on uh, our, excuse me, if you're listening to the podcasted version, give us a, a five stars and let us know how we're doing. Um, if you are listening to us live right now on the stream, comments. Let's let's have some fun in the comments section. We Let us know what your thoughts on the Eagles were, who, who was the standout player, who was a guy that kind of missed the mark and might uh, – be potentially on the cutting block as the Eagles had to, and the rest of the NFL teams had to go down to 80 today. But one week from today, 27 guys are getting cut to make a 53-man roster before the 16-man uh, practice squad uh, is filled out. So, Connor, oh, and also please follow our, our friends over at the uh, uh, Payment Lines as they have brought us on. So, Connor, so, uh, so much to talk about. There is so much to, to introduce. There really is Listen, so I'm going to say, I'm, I'm trying to think off the cuff right now. You usually <laughs> do it, but I'm trying to do it. Like, I do want to say, like, while the game was super. And Edge of Philly Sports, too. I forgot. And Edge of Philly Sports, yes. I do want to say, well, first of all, what's up, Patrick, in the comments? Thanks for checking us out. Um, I do want to say, while the game was really boring, I think some really interesting stuff came out of this for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, oh, yeah. like especially like when I think about it, I guess we might as well start on the offensive side of the football. Um, the wide receiving room is super interesting. I feel like Deion Kane. Hold up, time is, out. Time out before you continue. Fire Howie. After the offseason, and I get it, we can't base it off of one offseason. I need 
Matt, I need some reasoning behind this. Please, in the comments, <laughs> let us know why we're firing Howie after the offseason that he had. You're not going to give him at least the year. And this is this is LJ Matt. If you go back in time and look at our shows, LJ prior to the draft would have one hundred percent liked your comment and agreed with you the whole way. And after the draft and what he did on draft night, he's prepared to maybe not give him the three year contract that oh, he no, got, no, 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 but no. he's prepared to give him at least one of the three years to. Show us what you got. Maybe two, because he's got those first rounders next year. We gotta see what he's gonna do. But yeah, I mean, I I still wouldn't have given him an extension, and I probably would have fired him a long time ago. But he <laughs> deserves credit for the for the the draft that he had, the offseason that he had. This is the team that we we needed linebackers. We actually have a linebacker room. We needed a second corner. We got a second corner. We needed um, another receiver to pair with, with uh, Devontae. We got AJ Brown. <laughs> Let's let's slow the brakes because, as Connor said, I would agree with you six months ago. Pump the brakes. Howie deserves deserves a little bit of time, but I didn't mean to cut you off, Connor. Go ahead. No, all good, Dave McNulty. I still don't like him either. Hashtag fire Howie. Oh, we know Dave. We know Dave was on your side. Quarterback right now, but how many? Like not. There were. He has a plan in motion. I think. And it, it will depend on on Jalen this year. If, if if he, I don't think he's the franchise quarterback. And he and how he did try to trade for Russell Wilson and try to he looked into Deshaun Watson. And I'm not saying that that would have been smart. Obviously, with what's going on, probably not. But he did go out and try, and he didn't want to give up too much. But they have the the pieces in place. I think next all season, if need be, they can go out and get that franchise quarterback. But again, go ahead, Connor. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, all good. I, I, listen, I completely agree. And and I think the definition of a franchise quarterback is really being skewed now because there's really like how do you want who, who how do you want this quarterback to be? Like Russell Wilson to me isn't like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Like he's really good, but at this point in his career, I don't necessarily believe I'd call him your franchise guy. Like a franchise guy would be the guy that you kind of groom. They're younger. You bring them into the league. You know, what well, we were hoping Carson Wentz would essentially be someone we could trust with the franchise for like 15 years, never have to worry about it. Um, but I think the definition of franchise QB is becoming very skewed. And there's a lot of teams that, you know, you could look at the Carolina Panthers who – are, and, you know, the Denver Broncos prior to the Russell Wilson pickup where they're all about bridge quarterbacks. The Washington Commanders right now trying to find a bridge quarterback just to bridge the gap for a few years to save money, to save draft oh, capital. Russell so Wilson is better than Jalen Hurts. I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> that is becoming a very uh, loud debate as people get bored going through the preseason and waiting for the season. So, uh, I, it's, whatever. Well, let's let's get to the game, okay? Um so what I think it brought about was a really interesting discussion about the running back room and the wide receiver room. Because originally, you didn't have Boston Scott on your roster. I didn't have Greg Ward on my roster. It looks like Greg Ward is going to be out. I, I have He's done nothing. Like, I know he's been injured and banged up, but, like, he's literally, he he's losing out now to guys who are taking advantage of their opportunity. And I really don't you know think that he's going to be back. 
Deion Kane should make the team. The way the way he went like so the thing with Deion Kane, I do love Deion Kane. I do think he should stay. I don't see a work first of all. ESP said we should keep four wide receivers. I want to say that that is a stupid uh, tweet. I wanted to address that because we are keeping five, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're in in this now looking at this, that they could keep six. The only way they keep five is if Jalen Reger gets traded out of the picture. Um, Even then, I think they still keep six. Like I think they like Britton Covey enough, but Britton Covey, like – I don't think Covey makes the team either. It's I'm starting to question it now because while he hasn't gotten a whole lot of like there was like no punts actually returned and kicks returned, so we didn't see much of the special teams in this game. But he's when thrown to, he is not separating. His size deficiency stands out massively. He doesn't have the wingspan. Now on the other side, Dion Kane. Those were some impressive catches. I don't care if you're playing the twos, playing the threes, playing the fours. That man was going up. He was making big boy grabs. And it was really impressive to watch Deion Kane. And I do want to address Devin Allen because I know there's going to be a lot of people who are like, oh, Devin Allen, Devin Allen. He's not going to be on this team. Practice. He's fast. Yeah, exactly. He is very fast and he showed it. But there is no room on this roster if you're keeping five, if you're keeping six, there's no room on this roster for Devin Allen to be there when all he can do is run fast. That's so it. I, and I agree with you. And, and I was – Deion Kane had a great game. And, like, we are, we obviously have four, four locks are A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal actually look, – he looks quicker than he has looked in, like, in Indianapolis the past couple of years. And he's a really good route runner. Um, we know they're the four locks. Now the fifth – if Probably Rager, unless they trade him, which could potentially happen. And Rager, I want to say Rager hasn't been terrible. He hasn't hasn't been been as nauseating as past off seasons. That's also because we're not, he doesn't need to be force fed the ball anymore. He doesn't have to go out there and start. He can play, like, he doesn't have to go and and, and make plays that, that he can't make. Because he has better talent ahead of him, so he's he's not being mm-hmm. forced out onto the field. Um, I and then that if they keep, were to keep six, I Deion Kane. I mean, I I was a Greg Ward. I had Greg Ward on my initial, you know, pre-training camp roster. But he, has he even been on the field? Like, it, it's I don't I don't remember ever seeing him on the field. And I really like said, don't think he has. Deion to be Kane looks. Deion Kane looked really good. On uh, uh, on Sunday against the Browns, so he's really making a spark, and he deserves to have the opportunity. I want to go to the court, uh, the quarterback position, real quick. What is up with Carson Strong? Like he got in in late in the fourth quarter on Sunday. To do handoffs, pretty much. He threw the ball once, and it didn't look like that great of a throw. Um, what, like the big question is, what, are they trying not to put tape out there so they can try to sneak him? onto the practice squad or is he just not what they were hoping when they gave him all that money as an undrafted free agent? The, the only way that they could say that is we, we aren't seeing things and the media isn't seeing things because nobody is talking about Carson strong in the media. The coaches aren't really talking about him beyond the fact that the gameplay didn't work. Didn't, you know, give him the opportunity as Nick Sirianni said in game one, I'm starting to think that this is a two-man two quarterback room. 
I don't think Reed Sinet makes this team. And at this point, Carson Strong would have to play the entire third preseason game and blow our minds so to have a chance. Sinet, they release Sinet and Strong, and whichever one doesn't get claimed goes on to the practice squad? Yeah, if you not, have to I, mean, have I don't think both. Squad. One of them definitely would. I don't think Reed Sinet will get claimed. I think Reed Sinet would probably be the one that goes unclaimed. I don't. I think there's enough out there for Carson Strong. He drew enough interest that if you let him hit waivers, he's probably not coming back. I and honestly he, don't EJ, think he will. EJ Perry also also did too, and he got he got he went to Jacksonville and got cut. I don't know if he got reclaimed. I don't know whatever, but yeah, it's tough. Like there's reasons. A lot of sometimes there's reasons why um, they were undrafted, and then as they've said, thinking the same thing, play very little, try to sneak them up. That's the only thought process that I have when it when it comes to to Carson Strong. Um, I would I love to see him, though. I really want to actually see him hand. out there because he went out there. He took, what, two knees. He handed the ball off like six times, and he threw the ball once, and I was like, this is disappointing. I wanted to because I was watching the condensed version, and every time you stepped up there, I was like, I want to see him uncork a ball so bad. And there was – and, I mean, if you're only throwing one ball, obviously it's probably going to just look like – a duck type of throw right off the bat because it's just your first throw, your first actual NFL action. And it came after what, four or five handoffs. It just, I wanted to see more. I know that they may want to hide it and they may not want the tape to show anything, but I would like to see what so, we got in him, especially with the money we spent. Yeah. We spent the money. This, Let's see. I'm, op- I'm open this week against Miami. Obviously Hurts isn't going to play. Don't, you don't, no need to play Minshew. It should be, Strong and Sinet, like first half for one of them, second half for the other, whatever it is. Let Carson Strong play the whole game. I don't care. Like you kind of know what you have in Sinet. We don't know what we have in Carson Strong. So let him go out there. And and granted, he won't be playing with any starters, but still, he'll be playing against backups anyway. Another guy I want to talk about on the offense is Andre Dillard has really impressed me. Like there was all the talk, remember, coming in to campus, will the Eagles trade Andre Dillard for something, a safety, um, potentially maybe a running back or something. I don't think I would trade him. Like, as good as – I mean, we know how good Jordan Maialata is, but the depth across that offensive line is very important. And if something were to happen to Jordan Maialata, you want to have Dillard there or somebody capable there um, to to be able to back him up. And I would not – unless somebody's giving you a a second-round pick or whatever it is for him, I am not trading Andre Dillard. No, I – really good. I agree, and you know what? I honestly wouldn't hate, like, even if Dickerson went down, that he could be there as, like, a left guard option um, because he clearly just prefers the left side of the line. That's his, that's where he's good at. He doesn't want to be on the right side of the line. He doesn't want to try to be, you know, that versatile, versatile piece. And we already have a couple guys who can be a versatile piece and pretty much play all five positions in a pinch. But he clearly wants to be on that left side of the line. And I'm fine with that. If, if he ends up being your backup tack, left tackle, left guard, if anything were to happen to Dickerson or Mylotta, like a lot of people have been saying and tweeting out, I th- who was it that tweeted it out? I think it was maybe Clay uh, Harbour who said that the Philadelphia Eagles uh, second offensive line what? unit is as good as the, a lot of teams first. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I don't even know who said it the first time because it's been said pretty much the same way in a number of tweets. But, like, yeah, definitely, like, I'm okay with that. If that's your backup for the left side of the line, great. I love it. That's exactly what I want. And, like you said, 
keep him around. You have control of him pretty much right up through the fifth year because you have that fifth year option on him. So if you want to use him right up until then, and then in the final year of the contract, try and trade him. Or, I mean, I want to say worst case scenario, he gets like the Halepuli Vati Vaitai treatment and he just gets a really good contract that he can't say no to and he leaves. That happens and that could very well happen with Andre Dillard. Um, but yeah, and I want to say Cam Jurgens is the is oh the my guy. God, he's so he's good. the dude. He's the he guy. So he should be the right guard until until Kelsey <laughs> retires in your center. He should probably. I mean, I I would not be shocked. It would not shock me if he can go to right guard and do the same thing. He was mauling people from play one on Sunday. That was like I get it. The guy. It was a poor like I don't. I think it was a safety coming down. The poor guy didn't even have a chance. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like. He looks so much at Kelsey out there. It's so, it's undeniable. You can tell, like, and I know that, and I know, like, I put the people have scrutinized the pick and they, and somebody commented they probably should have went to Kobe Dean and risked it, uh, that Cam Jurgens make it to the round three. I don't think Jurgens was going to be there in the third round. I didn't think that Kobe Dean would be there in the third round either, like, to be honest. So, um, I mean, Brian like, Baldinger I mean, said Brian Baldinger said that he he liked Cam Jurgens better than Tyler Lindenbaum. Remember, we were all on the we two, wanted two, him. We thought he was the guy when we, when we had three first round picks. You draft him with you can trade back and maybe select him with one, with that last third round pick and somebody that can learn like from Kelsey and and Stoutland. But man, Lindenbaum isn't healthy right now or just got off of the 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 IL or whatever the injured list for. Baltimore and Cam Jurgens is out there mauling people. It's 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 so impressive. He he just looks like Jason Kelsey out there. It's crazy. He does. And like I know that you we don't always love to look at the PFF ratings, but he's definitely been one of the best linemen in the whole preseason from that standpoint. He's just been so good. My eyes tell me that I don't need PFF ratings. That's oh no, that. you don't need anyone else to tell you that. You just see it. And like, I mean, the worst thing is you can't move Sam Alu off of right guard, right? He's doing really well too. He he earned that job. He deserves that job. If Cam Jurgens has to sit on the bench, I mean, we just have to impatiently wait a year for this guy to take over for the next or two years. 10 to 15 years like Jason Kelsey did. But I know somebody also tweeted that Jason Kelsey needs a job in the scouting department at the end of this season or he when he so decides to retire. And I th- I agree. He needs to be like, even if he's your offensive line scout, because he clearly knows good offensive linemen and how he nailed Travis, uh, Jason Kelsey's replacement in back-to-back seasons. That's true. Like, that's crazy. He nailed it with Landon Dickerson and nailed it so well, they had to move him. They had to permanently fix him on left guard. If Cam Jurgen started at right guard and somehow they took Sam Alou out of the picture – we'd be drafting a center again next year because Jurgens would probably fit that spot so well and be like, well, we can't take him off them this spot just like we did with Landon Dickerson. Yeah, it would be it would be crazy if that happened. Now, now one now, more. You uh, mentioned you. Go ahead. One more thing. Uh, if you do, you have something on the offensive line. Do I have something on the offensive? Is line? that is that your comment? Because I want you. I want to finish up on the offensive line. Talk about one more position on the offense. Well, I wanted to go to I wanted to go to running backs real quick. Oh, you had well, mentioned. good. That's where I wanted you had, you had to go. mentioned that earlier um, mm-hmm. because there's all the talk of the Eagles probably bringing yep. in a running back. 
Um, Miles Sanders, who is hurt all the time and got hurt after touching the ball twice in week one of preseason. <laughs> um, I mean, Boston Scott, looked, he looked good against the Browns. I'll give him that. I'm still not a Boston, big Boston Scott fan. Gainwell looked good after not having a really good camp up to this point. Um, so hopefully he can kind of get through these sophomore sh- struggles. They um, they do have Huntley. They released Tory today. Um, Huntley, I think, could potentially make the team as the the kickoff or punt returner, kickoff returner, um, because they don't really have other options. I mean, Kobe is, but I just don't think Covey makes the team. Um, I do you think now? Obviously, the big question this week was Kareem Hunt. I say, I mean, I love Kareem Hunt, and I would do it. But if the Eagles aren't paying Miles Sanders and Kareem Hunt is looking to get paid by the Browns, why would he come to the Eagles if they're not going to pay him? Obviously, the Eagles would, would have to be like, all right, we're going to pay him in order to make that move. And he would he would be fine with that. But I don't foresee the Eagles giving him a, another a contract beyond this year. But what are your thoughts on the uh, Kareem Hunt thing? Um, I agree. I, I agree. I don't think that Kareem Hunt's the answer. Um, I know that people he would be really, really good in this offense. He, he uh, absolutely. Boston Scott looks amazing in this offense. If Boston Scott can look amazing in this offense, you could have like the reincarnation of Kareem Hunt from the Chiefs days. But at the end of the day, I just I agree with you. I don't actually think that you know Kareem Hunt. I don't think Howie would pay Kareem Hunt. I don't think Howie would pay the running back position. I just don't think he's interested running in paying in the safety. running back. I mentioned it on Sunday in the pregame show with Chris. Running back and safety. Of the, the Eagles are not going to pay those positions. Even linebacker they won't pay. Um, like they got Kazir White on cheap. You got TJ Edwards as an undrafted free agent. Um, Kobe Dean in the third round. There's just positions that Howie doesn't prioritize. Offensive line he prioritizes. Defensive line he prioritizes. Mm-hmm. Quarterback, I think he prioritizes. He attempts to prioritize. Attempts, but there are positions, running back, safety, linebacker, doesn't really care. Like, no, and that's why that's why Miles Sanders does not have a second contract. And won't get one. And won't Besides get one. Besides the fact that from, he can't Not from Philadelphia, healthy. at least. He can't stay healthy, and he had zero. I'm still shocked that he had zero touchdowns last year. Like, you're a running back, dude. You should be able to fall into the end zone. <laughs> It is really frustrating with him. Like he's so good in the open field, he will bust off big runs. He does. He does the breakaway run game better than most running backs in the NFL. But when it comes down to it, he just can't get it done in the red zone, or they don't look his way enough. But I mean, there's only so many times he can look his way when, and he fails you before well, you move away from him altogether. And, and Jalen Hurts does keep the ball a lot. <laughs> So like that, but, but Kenneth Gainwell had some really good games when looked at in the red zone when yeah, targeted. So, I know a lot were targets, but, but still, but if you look at it, if you're a defense and you see like Jalen Hurts or you, you have Miles Sanders next to Jalen Hurts, you, you're going to kind of all right. We want to stop Miles Sanders, or and then if you have Gainwell, you're going to be like, I think that there. As a defense, I'm going to prioritize hitting the quarterback. And if they give mm-hmm. the ball to Gainwell, then, you know, like you got to live with it. Um, and then J- Jim says no to Hunt. We need character. I mean, I think that. He's done Kareem, a good job of been, keeping his re- mouth shut. He's and rehabilitated. Like, mm-hmm. He's rehabilitated. Like he, And if there's any organization, we did it with Michael Vick. Like everybody, there was all these claims. Oh, I'm getting rid of my season tickets. No, you're not. 
you're still going to watch the Eagles. Let's be real. And every and when Vic went on the field and started performing like an MVP, everybody was back on his side. And he 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 put his money where his mouth is, and he and he did all the right things. Kareem Hunt had since he had that incident, and I'm not and I don't condone anything that he did, but he he's, he's turned. I think he's turned it around. We haven't heard anything bad about him in the however many years it's been since it happened. So I I think that the when it comes to character, I don't think that's an issue when it comes to Kareem Hunt. I think the biggest issue with Kareem Hunt is going to be paying him. Somebody oh, yeah. willing That's to pay. Like issue. you look, you look at next year's running back class. You look at next year's running back free agency group. There's, we're not going to recognize most backfields next season if they don't have their like you know Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Zeke, who's on a really bad contract that they're probably stuck with. Like you know, those types of guys are you going to be. It's, I think it's still 10 million dead. Like they got so much money wrapped up in that contract. It was such that a bad finish. contract. Um, but like, unless you got your locked and loaded workhorse back, there's going to be a lot of movement in backfields next season. And I think that how he sees that, I think a lot of the people, a lot of the managers see it. And that's why there's not much of a market being created for running backs right now. Now, I do know that there's a lot of people talking about Kenyon Drake now because he's become the hot topic. He was officially cut at 5 p.m. Well, 4 p.m. Your guys' time. Sorry. Thinking my time. 4 p.m. He was cut at 4 p.m. officially after the report came out last night from Ian Rappaport that they were considering cutting him. Um, the no trade market transpired because they pretty much fully guaranteed two years at, like, I can't remember the contract. It was pretty expensive. It was pretty rich. Um you have to think about it like this. Are you willing to put Kenyon Drake into your lineup knowing he's likely your RB3 as long as Miles Sanders is healthy and knowing that he's not going to provide you anything else but being a running back? Because I'm sitting here with – because I'm thinking about Jason Huntley. Because this is like – Huntley has done a really good job when given the opportunity. And so the thing with Huntley – He's so patient. Like you watch him, he's so patient behind our starting offensive line. He could fill in for Miles Sanders or Kenneth Gainwell. I have no doubts he could do it. But he's behind the second and the third stringers, mostly the third stringers in Cleveland. So he got he got abused. He got beat up behind the line pretty bad. But we've seen him capable of doing things. If the money's right with Kenny and Drake. I would probably consider it, but you need to know, like, he could be buried on your depth chart. That's why the money's got to be right. I think it's Miles Sanders, it's Kenneth Gainwell, and then you'd probably debate Scott or Drake, depending on the situation and the circumstance in the game. But he basically, you have to guarantee an injury for Drake to be worth the money. And we don't want to guarantee an injury. I'd rather have Huntley on roster than maybe Drake, but I mean, for Jim, if you're looking for a character guy, Kenyon Drake would be a great character guy. He would be a great veteran in this back backfield. He'd be a great veteran in the locker room. There's benefits either way. But if we're sitting there and we're looking at like I thought when I built my initial 53 man depth chart, Britton Covey was the answer at pump return and kick return. It's starting to look more and more like Jason Huntley could be the answer mixed with, you know, Jalen Rager, if he's on roster, mix in some other guys. Obviously, you're going to mix some guys into that. You're not just going to stick with one guy. But Jason Huntley's looking more and more like the answer. I mean, Kenny Gainwell could also do it, um, but we'll see. Uh, that that 
I don't think – well, it is important, but most of the time balls get kicked through the end zone anyway. It's the punt return aspect, which which is where it's important. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball. The Eagles backup defense didn't look that good. Um, they looked terrible. They looked except really- the except the secondary. I'm excited to talk about the secondary. Uh, let's start start with the secondary. Where do you, who who except you know Josh Job? I think has, has clinched a spot on the roster. Absolutely, I really absolutely. And I, still, and I still think that, like you mentioned, he's probably better off at safety, but he's been tested a lot in preseason. And while you know he he he, he may get beat here and there, he had a really good game on set Sunday, and mm-hmm. I think him. I I really we we talked we we debated the whole Mario Goodrich and Josh Job. I think both make the team. I think they're both on the team. Like that's how good they are. I just think Mario Goodrich hasn't stood out as much to me. It's weird. I thought he was better than Job, and Job's the one I, that's out on the field a lot. I agree. I thought like Goodrich had the opportunity to stay at corner, whereas I thought Job would have to make the transition to safety to make this team. But like you said, that first game, I was I left it being like, ah, I don't know about Job. Like, okay, let waivers run its course, bring him back on practice squad. He, I agree. He played really well. He made some great tackles in the open field. He had that pass breakup in the end zone. He did a really good job. I think. I'll be quick. I'll be brief on the defensive line quickly. Nothing changed there. That yeah. defensive line is fixed the way it is. None of these guys are earning jobs. They're literally bodies in camp playing these games out, and they're all going to be cut. I don't think anyone's earning a spot along that defensive line, except you know the linebackers who you know with that mixed linebacker edge room. But Job looked good, and now I think there's a real discussion about the safety room um does tart make the team i think tart makes it i thought tart looked good i thought wallace looked good chichair only got on the field because of an injury like that's weird it's the investment they put into him and then you don't play him unless that's their way of saying you're it's your job because you're the third man up you have to go out because there's an injury maybe that's the thought process but like tart hit well like I, I don't mind tart Kevon wallace is looking better than i thought he would look andre chichir looked really good that stop on the goal line when dobbs tried to jump in and he got that hit in like and he had a cut he had a pass breakup as well he looked really good um and then we have ugo Amadi. ugo Amadi played a lot of slot it was sure weird because the guy that we got for j jaw yeah the guy we got him. for j jaw like i think you're stuck like I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm like, I think we might keep like six corners and five safeties, but they're so versatile and interchangeable that I feel like, although you're sitting there saying, wow, that's a lot of defensive backs to have. Ugo Amadi played slot half the time he was on the field. Andre Chichere, he was slot half the time he was on the field. Like so let's, a let's lot of the out. time. Let's talk about corners. Uh, we know Slay, Bradbury, and Maddox are locks. Does Zach McPherson is he a lock this time? I don't know. If he's he not. He's well, like Josh Job. I think is a lock now. Yeah, I think Josh Job's on the roster. That's four. Um, Tay Allen, like he played pretty well. Like he's really good on special teams. Very good. That, like I feel like he'd be someone you kind of have to keep around because of that. And, and like, like it's becoming difficult. Mac McCain. 
He had moments, Vincent but no. And Carrie Vincent, no. Like Carrie Vincent had a couple nice pass breakups and a couple nice. But we have to remember, like, what if you're struggling for most of the game or not showing out for most of the game against the teams like third and fourth string wide receivers? Like you need to be standing out like Josh Job. Yeah. Josh Job is standing out against the, the twos, the threes, the fours. So you have to take into account that. But a guy like McCain or or a guy like Kerry Vincent Jr., they're just not Same doing thing. enough in my eyes. Uh, Josiah Scott got hurt. I don't I don't think he was gonna make the team anyway. That would have been a close one. He was making a making it a run at the safety position, like as like that last resort, keep me safety, but no. So let's if we go to safety, Anthony Harris. Marcus Epps, you say Tart. Uh, I say Chair too. I thought, but I had Chair locked in so, because of his special teams. Reed Blankenship. Yeah, yeah he's we an gotta... interesting guy because he has like he he can play safety. He's good on special teams. I just don't know if it'll be a numbers game with him. Like if Tart does, if if okay, so Harris and Epps are probably the true locks at safety, right? They're the starters, I mm-hmm. guess. Yep. Beyond that, like, could it be, it could be Tart, it could be Wallace, it could be Cheshire, it could be Blankenship. Like, you so this is where we have the the quality, or we have the quantity over quality for the most part, and it, it's really, I have no idea what they would. This is a tough call. Like, you're bringing all these guys, and you don't have that one clear answer at safety, obviously. So you're going to be bringing, or you're gonna you're gonna have a bunch of guys there and hope that you throw it up against the wall and hope that. Four guys stick, and four guys know what they're doing. And it feels like they got at least four guys that are going to stick and some guys who can be versatile and flexible and be moved around. Um, But as for the direct question of percentage odds, I don't think Reed Blankenship makes it. I just don't think that he has stood out superior to Kevon Wallace or Andre Chichere or – even Jaquiski Tart, I think Tart's going to be there. I just, I, I have a feel like he's got that good veteran presence. He's a good tackler. Like, he, you only need him to be out there and be effective for what thirty percent of snaps. We hope. Uh, I just, felt, I just thought it was weird that he was playing into the fourth quarter in this in that last preseason game. It definitely was weird. I, I just think they reached a point where they didn't have enough bodies oddly enough like because they were moving they were rotating guys like Andre Chichere into this slot they're rotating Ugo Mati into the slot like they were using guys in more versatile roles so it was basically like okay you're the technically the third safety off the bench I guess you get you have to play yeah you have to play this out for us but I, I would agree like it's gonna be a tough decision and I hate keeping like 11 defensive backs when you know that you have like Bradbury locked in, Darius Slay locked in, Avante Maddox locked in, Marcus Epps, Anthony Harris, like you got most of these guys locked in for you would hope 75, 80, 90, 95% of snaps. So then you're splitting time with seven guys. You're splitting what 20% of playing time to- in totality between these seven guys, or you're hoping that you can get them to turn into something because James Bradbury is probably going to earn himself a payday that the Eagles aren't going to be willing to meet next year. So you hope one of these guys will be able to step into that role. Similar with Anthony Harris, not the payday with Harris, but we want him off the roster. We need to move on to the next body. So like, 
you got a lot of developmental guys and you got to take that into account is who has developed the most, who has shown you the most. And I honestly didn't think Kevon Wallace was going to show up me enough. I like it. Chichere, he's so important as a gunner on special teams, as a special teams captain as well. I think you have to keep him. And he's shown great versatility moving between safety and slot. And Job has to be there, man. I, I, I know that me and you talked about it after the last game because I was a little skeptical, but I don't... Zach McPherson, I'm stuck on. Like, when I look at this depth chart, that's the name that sticks. Tay Gowan, I see as more, like, he's looked really good on special teams. Zach McPherson hasn't really played a whole lot or looked very good in any phases that he's been playing in in the preseason. So, like, I'd rather Tay Gowan over Zach McPherson. If if I was really, it just sucks because the draft capital's there that I feel like Howie's gonna pound the table. Like we gotta find a way to make this guy fit. We have to see if we can do something, if we can develop him. And it's gonna be interesting because, like we mentioned earlier, one week from today, twenty-seven guys are getting cut from every team. That's twenty-two, one, two, seventy-five, forty. That's like a thousand, close to a thousand players are getting cut in one week. And pretty much, and whatever like, the roster looks like at 4 p.m. <laughs> next next Tuesday, it won't look like that September 11th because they're going to make moves. There's going to be 100%. guys coming on and whatnot. So that's where the, the the chess match and that's where Howie's hopefully genius comes into play. Just like Jim said, Howie genius earlier in the comment section. My thing is like when I've been starting to move the pieces around to try and fit a new body. And like the only position I've actually been able to take away from is quarterback. Outside of that, I have not been able to say, Oh yeah, we'll go one less running back. Oh yeah. We'll go less one less wide receiver. No, they just made the decision so much harder at wide receiver. The debate at running back is, do you keep three? Do you keep four? Is Hunt has Huntley proven value enough to be a fourth guy? Reed Sinet. There's no reason to have a third quarterback on your 53 man i think Minshew's shown enough in that offense that could be he, the best backup he, quarterback in football 100 i think he at this point he he is i mean you could probably debate it with jimmy garoppolo at this point maybe because he's a backup but and then like we haven't even talked about linebackers oh that's why i have an open spot because i do not think davion taylor makes this roster really i originally had good. him he oh, looked bad he, he missed so four tackles pff tagged him with four missed tackles and i mean if you look at him trying to figure out the garbage and get to the ball i would say he probably would have missed a lot more tackles if he had the chance to get through the garbage along the line and actually make a play like he looked really really bad yeah i don't and so like if we talk about linebackers kaiser white tj edwards nicobe dean three locks um I'm not count, again, I'm not counting Hassan Reddick as an outside linebacker. He's defensive. I don't mm-hmm. care what people say. I got Johnson squared. I think Kyron and Patrick make it. You think both of them make it? Patrick Johnson's look good as like a versatile, like Reddick-like piece because they've used Bradley? him on the edge a lot. I haven't seen a lot from Sean Bradley. Like, I just don't. 
I've seen more from Patrick Johnson in game than Sean Bradley because I think Sean Bradley has to be a linebacker, whereas Patrick Johnson has the versatility to be an edge and has been an edge for a lot of the time that he's been out there. So, like, I feel like Patrick Johnson's like the backup Hassan Reddick. If heaven forbid anything happened to Reddick, he would be your guy that's going to step in and be, you know, strong side linebacker, Russian linebacker, um, or Kyron Johnson in a pinch because he's really quick. You know, he'll put, he's not going to, he's not going to go up against a left tackle or right tackle very well. But if you stunt him in there in some way, he can probably get after the, quarterback but he's not going to do it alone on the outside but it's, it's going to be interesting the way that they put the team together and I think especially defensively because we think they want to play a 4-3 but I probably going to play a 3-4 when Jordan Davis is on the field like it's it's so it's going to be it's going to be all about versatility because then the way like when I was watching the Browns game I saw a lot of nickel like they had a lot of like five corners or well safeties corners mixes like that with two linebackers and they did a lot like I'm not saying he's shown his cards more but he's it's not as plain Jane four three three four yeah. as what as last preseason like you can kind of see it he's yeah you can definitely pieces. tell he's more comfortable with the pieces and he's willing to show his cards a bit more because he wants to solidify what role these guys are gonna be in. And that's why you see some of the like the some of the safeties in slots in the slot. That's why you see Patrick Johnson on the edge a lot. That's why like he's got to figure out where the fits are. But Davion Taylor, who I had as a lock, is definitely not a lock. But that didn't open up a spot for me. That just meant another linebacker was taking his spot. Yeah. So going into this this week's game against Miami, they got a couple joint practices with them on on Wednesday and Thursday, and this will be a tougher test because. That receiving that offense for Miami, probably minus Tua, um, is pretty good. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, um, is Gisecki still there? Gisecki still there, tight end. Yep. Um, who's the running back? Uh, they got Moser, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Moster. They, they still have the two bodies from last year, Salvin so, Ahmed and stuff. This is going to be a very interesting week in practice, and obviously we won't see any of the starters in the game, in the game on Saturday night. But what are your what are your expectations for for the, these joint practices against the Dolphins this week? My expectations are solidifying some of these conversations. I think bubble, there's the bubble the bubble, the bubble conversations. Players. I think that the biggest bubble conversation is. Do you keep five wide receivers? Do you keep six wide receivers? Has Jalen Rager proved enough that there's value there that somebody's going to come? You know somebody's going to come knocking. People have been knocking all offseason and how he's not willing to pull the trigger. Hopefully he will have shown enough that the trigger will be pulled. But I think you are going to see a lot of Covey and Kane and Rager. Because that's where the that's where the biggest conversation lies at the wide receiver position. Can Covey prove it on special teams? Can Covey prove it on the field? Because he struggled. I'm not going to deny I loved Covey, but he could not separate and he could not get the opportunity to catch a ball because of his wingspan. You throw Devin Allen into that mix? No, no. Yes, Devin Allen's going to give, should give more of an opportunity to play. Devin Allen is not going to be on this roster. There's nothing he can do at this point. It's too late. If you come out and you finally show a little something in week three, like, 
that's probably too late. He made one big play. He hasn't returned punts, not in-game action. Like, if they were confident that they could put him in on special teams, he'd be doing punt returns or kick returns by now. But he never was out there doing it. I also think that, like, he's putting all good tape for other teams for himself. And obviously that's what all these all these guys are doing, and especially in this third preseason game when your fourth and fifth stringers are going to be playing the, the young guys, trying to put tape out there for, you know, the, the 31 other teams. That, that could potentially want you. So, yeah. It, I also got, uh, yeah, like my eyes are on like the running back position. I don't think Kennedy Brooks has done what I expected at all. Like, I don't think, like, I don't think he is m- opening up any sort of conversation or debate. Um, what about cornerback? Cornerback would be the one, cornerback and safety as well. Like, Mario Goodman, Josh Job, Kerry mm-hmm. Vincent, uh, mm-hmm. Mac McCain. Zach McPherson. Yvonne Wallace, you're going to see a lot. I want to see a lot more Zach McPherson. I don't think they're using enough Zach McPherson. What's the the guy that we traded for? What's his name again? uh, Ugo Amadi. Amadi. Yeah, Amadi. Like, I think Amadi is going to make this. Like, I just can't picture McPherson making it. Like, I don't draft capital be damned, Howie. Don't pay on the table for this guy unless he really stands out, which he hasn't. We'll see. David, just because I play in that fantasy thing doesn't mean I had done my draft prep yet. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I I, I kind of lied. Like Zach McPherson had hype before preseason games started. Since preseason games started, we have heard nothing. But like in training camp, there was like because I remember sharing the tweet or sharing the comment of he's kind of being going sliding under the radar and he's doing really well in camp. But yet we've seen nothing in in the games. And I want to see some in the games. I want to see Carson. I do want to see Carson strong too. So hopefully we get to see more of him, you know, instead of handing the ball off five times and then throwing a short pass that looked ugly. Um, <laughs> let, let him, let him, he, all the talk come, you know, when they signed him was he has a strong arm and we haven't seen it. So, I mean, that, that throw from Reed Sinet was what, 60 yards in the air. It was a pretty good throw. Yeah, I think it was uh, 59 point some. It was the long, longest traveled pass in uh, the preseason so far. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And obviously the, the the biggest key for this week in Miami is let's not have any injuries. We're, oh, what, two weeks away, two and a half weeks away, um, <clears throat> 19 days or whatever it is away from uh, regular season game number one in Detroit. And we're out Tyree Jackson and Brett Toth. That's, a, that's okay with me. If, if those are the two bodies we have to sacrifice. I'm all but, right with that. And Miles Sanders, of course. But Miles Sanders, like, at this point, bubble wrap him and see you September 11th. Cause... Yeah, right. And, so, and then he'll get hit by, like, Aiden Hutchinson or something and have a, a knee bruise or something. A scrape. A cut. Something that's going to keep him out for three He's weeks. He's talked a lot in this off season with the media that he wants to be different. And I really want to buy into it. I really want him to just stay healthy and show us enough of the talk, get on that field and show us. I agree with you. So hopefully he's able to finally get back onto the field, but it's going to be a big week in Miami uh, for the Eagles and the Dolphins as they have their joint practices. And then the final preseason game on Saturday and one week from today, all 32 NFL teams have to make their 27-player cut to get down to 53, and then they'll be able to start forming their 16-man practice squads. 
Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. You can follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJHarrell54. Thank you to everybody that commented during this stream. We appreciate it. We we enjoy the, the questions and enjoy the talk between everybody. Um, you can follow The Painted Lines on Twitter at The Painted Lines, also on YouTube at The Painted Lines, and Edge of Philly Sports on Twitter at Edge of Philly Sports, and on YouTube at Edge of Philly Sports, and on Facebook at Edge of Philly Sports. Did I get everything? I think so. I think so. That you, you really don't have to throw in the Facebook and the YouTube because they're the same names all the uh, way across whatever. every platform, but I like it. The whatever. effort is Making sure everybody, everybody gets a... Uh, it's accounted for. Everybody gets uh, their name drop. I like it. So we will we'll be back next week next week after the, the final roster is determined and we'll be able to, to glance it over and get ready for week one, September eleventh at one PM in Detroit. For Connor, I'm LJ. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut and another block. Sanders still going. He-